0: Welcome to Conference Coverage Highlights, presented by ReachMD Radio on XM160. Conference Coverage Highlights features the latest clinical information and research findings presented during the 2008 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, which took place December 10th through the 14th in San Antonio, Texas. Your hosts for this presentation of Conference Coverage Highlights will be Dr. Mark Kina and Sue Berg. Now, here is Dr. Mark Kina. These conference coverage highlights are presented by ReachMD and powered by HealthDay. Breast cancer patients with small HER2-positive tumors may have a significant risk of relapse. That was the conclusion of the first large study to analyze this cohort of patients. The findings could lead to a shift in treatment of women with early-stage HER2-positive breast cancer. Researchers at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center studied 965 women diagnosed with tumors measuring one centimeter or less. Patients with HER2-positive tumors had significantly increased risks of recurrence and distant recurrence compared with patients with HER-negative tumors. Specifically, patients were at 2.5 times higher risk of recurrence and more than 5 times higher risk of distant recurrence. Those with HER2-positive tumors had a 5-year recurrence-free survival rate of about 77%. For HER2-negative patients, recurrence-free survival was almost 94%. Also, the five year distant recurrence free survival was about 86% in women with HER2 positive tumors, compared with about 97% in women with HER2 negative tumors. Current guidelines call for no additional therapy after surgery and radiation if tumors are less than 5 millimeters. If the tumors are 6 to 10 millimeters, Herceptin therapy is discussed with the patients. The investigators say their results concretely show that physicians should discuss Herceptin therapy with HER2-positive patients who have even the smallest of tumors. They also say these patients should be included in ongoing clinical trials with HER2-targeted
1: therapies. Combining zolindronic acid with chemotherapy may shrink breast tumors. The drug is also called Zometa, and it's approved to treat bone metastases and osteoporosis. The results from a recent study may lead to an additional indication for breast cancer. Researchers from the University of Sheffield in the U.K. performed a retrospective pathology analysis of more than 200 women enrolled in the AZURE trial. AZURE stands for Adjuvant zolindronic Acid to Reduce Recurrence. Women in this trial had stage 2 or 3 breast cancer, and they received either chemotherapy alone or chemotherapy plus zoledronic acid. The investigators found that the average residual invasive tumor size was considerably smaller in the combination group than in the chemotherapy-only group. The difference was significant even after adjusting for factors such as estrogen receptor status and duration of treatment. Tumor size was about 28 millimeters in the combination arm versus 42 millimeters in the chemotherapy-only arm. The combination group also had a significantly higher rate of pathological complete response, almost 11 percent compared with about 6 percent. Adding zolindronic acid also led to a lower rate of subsequent mastectomy. The authors conclude that their data suggest that zolindronic acid, when combined with chemotherapy, possibly has a direct antitumor effect. They also say their findings indicate that additional prospective studies should be designed to test zolindronic acid's effect in breast cancer. The larger Azure trial is still being evaluated. Monitoring a woman's breast density can help predict her response to tamoxifen as
0: a preventive measure against breast cancer. That was the conclusion of investigators conducting the International Breast Intervention Study, or IBIS-1. This trial of more than 7,000 women looked at the potential of tamoxifen for preventing breast cancer. During the study, researchers collected baseline mammograms as well as mammograms at 18, 36, and 54 months to check for breast cancer development. This particular analysis included a subpopulation of the IBIS-1 participants, 120 women who developed breast cancer and 943 who didn't. The researchers looked to see if the patient's mammograms changed over time and if tamoxifen treatment reduced breast density. The mammogram results indicated a strong correlation between tamoxifen use and reduced breast density as well as lower breast cancer risk. For women taking tamoxifen whose breast density was reduced by 10% or more after a year, the risk of breast cancer was reduced by 52% compared with a control group of women. Conversely, the reduction in breast cancer risk was non-significant in women whose density was not reduced. The investigators say that if their findings hold up, women at risk for developing breast cancer should have a baseline mammogram before taking tamoxifen and then a follow-up scan a year or two later to monitor breast density. If there is a reduction, the agent is having an effect. If the density is the same, the drug may not be beneficial to that
1: particular woman. A new genetic test can accurately predict breast cancer risk. OncoView uses a combination of a questionnaire and a saliva test. It takes into account genetic variation in single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs. SNPs are small genetic changes within DNA. The Oncoview test is different from the traditional Gale model, which bases risk calculations primarily on traditional risk factors like alcohol consumption. A recent study revealed that the Oncoview model had a much higher accuracy than the Gale model. The study involved about 350 women from Marin County in California. Half had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Marin County has been known for many years to have elevated breast cancer incidents and mortality rates. However, the classical Gale model shows that marine women who develop breast cancer have similar risk factors as marine women who do not develop cancer. Researchers looked to see if the Oncoview model could do any better at predicting who would develop breast cancer. DNA was genotyped for 22 SNPs in 19 genes to determine if a woman had an elevated risk of developing breast cancer. In a blinded analysis, the OncoView model proved almost two and a half times more accurate than the Gale model in accurately identifying the Marin breast cancer cases with their increased risk from Marin controls with their reduced risk. The investigators suspect that the OncoView test will soon become standard in clinics. When physicians know women's breast cancer risks, they can better counsel patients about prevention and early intervention.
0: Researchers say that postmenopausal women should be tested for the CYP2D6 gene before beginning tamoxifen therapy. The CYP2D6 gene is important for metabolizing tamoxifen from its inactive pill form to an active form once it's in the body. Investigators at the Mayo Clinic studied the DNA of a group of postmenopausal women treated in a clinical trial called ABCSG8. Women whose breast cancer had been surgically removed were randomized to receive 5 years of tamoxifen or tamoxifen for 2 years followed by 3 years of the aromatase inhibitor anastrozole. In the group of patients who received tamoxifen only, women with a deficiency in the CYP2D6 gene had an almost fourfold increase in the risk of breast cancer recurrence by the end of the study compared with women with normal levels of the gene. Patients with a CYP2D6 deficiency who switched to anastrozole had no increased risk of breast cancer recurrence. The study's findings suggest it may be beneficial to switch patients with a CYP2D6 deficiency to anastrozole. The results also highlight the emerging science of pharmacogenomics. Researchers are studying whether therapy can be more individualized by testing for genetic differences in the way patients
1: metabolize drugs. Alternating magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI, with mammography can detect cancers better than mammograms alone. Researchers at the University of Texas M.D. Anderson Cancer Center reviewed the charts of 334 women who had taken part in a high-risk breast cancer screening program over the past decade. Eighty-six of these women underwent the alternating screening approach every six months. The other women underwent prophylactic mastectomy or were started on chemoprevention agents. After a median of two years of follow-up, the alternating MRI and mammography screening program had detected nine cancers. Five of these cancers were identified by MRI, but not by mammography. Three were found by both MRI and mammography, and one small tumor was overlooked by both screening techniques. No cancer was detected by mammography alone. MRI is more sensitive than mammography for detecting breast cancer. Screening for high-risk women now typically includes MRI along with mammography and a clinical breast exam. One important unanswered question is whether an alternating MRI and mammography screening program will save lives. A type of benign breast disease called atypical hyperplasia increases
0: a young woman's risk of developing breast cancer. A recent study found that women with this disease were six times more likely to develop breast cancer than other women. Women with atypical hyperplasia were at increased risk of developing breast cancer even if they didn't have a family history of cancer. The study was conducted in more than 4,000 women with benign breast disease whose lesions were biopsied between 1967 and 1991. Benign breast disease was diagnosed on average at age 39 years. Two percent of the women had been diagnosed with atypical hyperplasia. Young women in this study who were diagnosed with two other forms of benign breast disease were at much less risk than patients with atypical hyperplasia. Those with non-proliferative disease had a 0.2% higher risk than normal, and the risk was doubled for women with proliferative disease without atypia. In atypical hyperplasia, an increased number of cells line the milk duct or lobule, and the cells do not
1: look normal under a microscope. Some women's primary breast cancer spreads to the brain. In these women, those who have tumors that do not express certain receptors have shorter survival times. Two studies conducted at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida, looked at molecular markers in about 200 patients with breast cancer who later developed brain metastases. One study found that patients with tumors that were HER2-positive but were estrogen receptor and progesterone receptor-negative had a significantly shorter median survival from initial diagnosis to death than HER2-positive patients who had estrogen receptor and progesterone receptive-positive tumors. The second study found that women with triple-negative tumors had a significantly shorter median survival from diagnosis to death than other patients. These tumors also do not express her 2 other researchers looking at brain metastases found that a combination therapy of lapatinib and capecitabine may benefit patients with HER2-positive cancers. Lapatinib goes by the trade name Tykerb. The trade name of capecitabine is Zolota. Lapatinib is a tyrosine kinase inhibitor. Capecitabine is an antimetabolite that is taken up by cancer cells and breaks down into 5-fluorouracil. The study was an extension of a Phase two study called EGF-105084. Investigators at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston and their colleagues studied the combination regimen in 49 HER2-positive patients with progressive brain metastases who had previously been treated with trastuzumab and cranial radiotherapy. The researchers found that the brain tumors shrunk at least 20% in 18 of the patients. In 10 patients, tumors shrunk by at least 50%. Other ongoing studies are evaluating the potential of lopatinib in combination with chemotherapies and other targeted agents for the treatment of brain metastases.
0: Two separate meta-analyses of global trials have found that aromatase inhibitors are more effective than tamoxifen for preventing breast cancer recurrence in postmenopausal women with early breast cancer. One of these studies also found a significant survival benefit associated with aromatase inhibitors, but researchers say the data are too preliminary to judge whether one drug is truly superior to another for saving lives. Aromatase inhibitors include anastrozole, eczemestane, and letrozole. These drugs act by inhibiting an enzyme needed to make estrogen. The researchers divided the major studies into two different cohorts. Cohort 1 consisted of clinical trials that randomized patients to either tamoxifen or aromatase inhibitors for five years. Two trials were examined that included nearly 10,000 patients. Cohort 2 included studies with breast cancer patients who received tamoxifen for 2 to 3 years and then were randomized to complete their 5 years of therapy with tamoxifen or with an aromatase inhibitor. Four studies were examined that enrolled more than 9,000 patients. In Cohort 1, women using aromatase inhibitors had about a 3% lower recurrence rate at 5 years than women who received tamoxifen. That decrease in recurrence rate increased to about 4% at 8 years after diagnosis. There were no statistically significant gains in survival between the two groups, however. In Cohort 2, there was a 3.5% reduced risk of breast cancer recurrence in women who switched to aromatase inhibitors after six years compared with women who continued using tamoxifen. There was also a 1.6% reduced risk that patients using aromatase inhibitors would die from their disease. These conference coverage highlights have been powered by HealthDay. We thank you for listening to Conference Coverage Highlights of the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium held December 10th through the 14th. Conference Coverage Highlights is a presentation of ReachMD Radio broadcast on XM160 and by live stream at ReachMD.com.